Chris Kleiman says the last couple trips to Stillwater resulted in losses primarily because they didn't win the battles up front. So does that mean as long as we pick a fight and win in the phone booth, we're going to win? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know we're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at Aldeo State. So according to Chris Kleiman, dealing with the noise crowd factor at Boone Pickens Stadium, it is what it is, right? We're on top of you. It's very loud, especially if it's a sold-out, blackout style of environment. So dealing with that is not easy. Well, one way to counter some of that is to guarantee that you win down low, right? The fight in the phone booth, per se. This is not Typically, an area we're able to beat K-State, but out of his own mouth, if you go back and look at the last two trips to Stillwater, they both resulted in losses, and both of those losses were because they lost the battle in the trenches. When you look at K-State offensively, which we're going to kind of dive into some more today, as opposed to defensively, there's not a lot more glaring issues or holes anywhere, but at the same time, it's not super, super sexy. So, Yesterday, we discussed a little bit about how they have a propensity, especially whenever they're trying to do a cover two look to give up the the outside, right? Whenever the cornerback's there to protect the flats, they have the the propensity to get burnt in between that, that zone right there after the corners and before the safety depth, which is a, a good hole to exploit. They have some middle-of-the-field issues, but they're also pretty good in a 3-3-5 about dropping like to a Tampa 2, which is just that, that middle linebacker running back to cover that, that third of the middle of the field. But outside of that, they don't have a lot of glaring weaknesses. Well, one of the other things that I think we're going to be able to exploit that we didn't include yesterday is going to be tight ends and fullbacks. If you go back and look at the Mizzou, the Troy, and the UCF games that Kansas State had, they got, uh, I don't want to say beat per se, but they got burnt quite a bit by the guys in the flats, whether it be tight ends or or running backs leaking out, whatever it is. That extra guy, they seem to have a little bit of a difficulty accounting for. So this could be another game that those tight ends and fullbacks are able to do a little bit more. And we know Braden Cassidy can do more. The question is, is he going to have the opportunity in one of these games to do it, to showcase it, to put it on full display? I think the same argument can be made, made about Josiah Johnson. Eden Edenfield and Quentin Stewart are going to be the blocking style of guys. This is an opportunity for Josiah Johnson to be able to do some things, and that doesn't even necessarily mean we have to put him out to, as a flex-wide receiver. So other than that is getting in a fight in the phone booth, the ticket to success here in Stillwater once again. As as fun as it sounds to be able to win that battle down low on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, to me, no, not necessarily. Because, again, where they seem to have their struggles are is 
in, in those those areas where athletically they can't seem to get to. Right? So they're going to keep it pretty simple. They're going to usually use a seven-man box. They will kind of show an eight-man box just like we do because they run different iterations of the 3-3-5. But they blitz quite a bit. They blitz quite a bit, and they actually use a four-down-line technique, a decent amount as well, a little bit more than, than I would have thought coming into the season, which gives them some flexibility. So they'll have maybe two too deep, and then they'll have five guys playing that underneath. So their objective here is to keep everything in front of them, clearly. And they do try to you know get kind of fancy, and they'll do a cloud, like a cover three type of thing. But again, it's all designed to keep everything in front of them, which means they can get burnt deep, which is what we covered a little bit yesterday. They can get cover. They can get burnt deep. They have a difficult time in the mid range, 16, 15 ish yards um, with some of those out routes, which you know their their corners are trying to show some sort of press man. But they obviously they're trying to keep the outside leverage so they can get the the receivers to bank inside and funnel a little bit more to their their safeties. But Chris Kleiman was also talking a little bit recently about how they've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball that are very healthy now. They've got some linebackers back that are going to be pretty instrumental in the success that they're they're going to have. So clearly they're relying on some of these guys that have, that have come back or some of these guys that have kind of popped open as, as being more healthy to bolster that linebacker room. They do not have the the all-star. That their version of Kendall Daniels was was green. Their linebacker green, Daniel Green, obviously out for the season. They have been bringing Asa Newsom on along, and this bye week, he was one of the guys they were able to focus on. So you, you should see a healthier, more nuanced version of Asa Newsom in the lineup, and then Bo Palmer's coming along. They really like what he can do the weak side and, and strong side, but they seem to think that it's a little bit too early to put him in the middle linebacker spot, so it puts a lot of pressure on the freshman, like Austin Romain. And, um, you know, what they're trying to do with keeping everything in front of them, it is going to give us a lot of opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. I really like Jacob Parrish, and he doesn't mind coming up and helping in the run game from the cornerback spot. I don't, I don't exactly know what to think about Keenan Garber just yet. He seems to be somebody that they think they can rely on, but he's not as good as Desmond Purnell. But I don't think... Or, or sorry, um, Lee, Willie, but Willie has his the uh, athletic ability, and he already has shown this year he can go get some picks. He can go get some picks. So I'm not sure what to think about their the schemes, right? Because they do leave some open holes, but it's up to us to hit those holes, right? They can leave them open all day. It doesn't matter if we can't hit them. There's a lot of things in life that become more difficult if you can't accomplish what you're trying to. Just like if you're trying to accomplish, you know, the best fit out there, you want to be comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know, Bird Dogs is the bee's knees of all clothing brands for so many daggone reasons. Therefore, it just makes sense for me to let you know some of the reasons out there. Uh, guys, the biggest thing is the fact that Nothing else out there gives you the comfort, the ability, pliability, and reliability 24-7. You can't find nothing else that allows you to go straight from the office to the golf course or straight from the club into the hot tub like bird dogs. 
Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And if you know who Lululemon is, you already get it. If you don't know who Lululemon is, it doesn't matter what Lululemon is because Lululemon is just going to keep dragging up the rear and staring at the Bird Dog's backside logo because they'll always be second place. These are cl not classic and stiff. This is more like being classy and lit. These are the khakis that are not your run-of-the-mill, okay? They fixed the stiff issues by inventing the cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches. So you get way slimmer, meaner, better, badder fit without having to sacrifice any of the movement. Plus, they use anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Y'all know logging around my prosthetic buddy back there, Bob, uh, probably isn't super fun. It's not. But being comfortable while constantly living uncomfortably is kind of important, and it's difficult to pull off. Until I got my hands on bird dogs, I was always having to pack an extra pair of shorts, boxers, pants, whatever it may be, depending on what my activity level was going to be for that day, right? Whether I needed to go prosthetic or, or crutches, forearm crutches, wheelchair, whatever it was. This brand has actually blown my socks off, guys. I don't have to do all that anymore. It's legitimately a seamless transition for me now, going from the wheelchair to prosthetic, um, you know, to just getting my Tigger the Tiger on and hopping around the house ready to dunk on people only because I've already got up on people because I'm wearing bird dogs. Guys, you can work in them, hop in them, walk in them, crisscross and hopscotch in them, eat, drink, swim, sleep, ride in them. And then you can even slow dance while throwing hands in them. In the same pants you clocked in work and clocked out of work in. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnXXX or just enter the promo code LockedOnXXX at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. You know I'm rocking the Bird Dogs hat today. That is birddogs.com slash on. X, 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 or free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. They can promise you that because uh, the, the comfort and the built-in boxers and everything are just so crazy that uh, you kind of forget that you got them on. You're not in a birthday suit, but you might as well be with the look and comfort to be classic and classy all at the same time. All right, y'all, visit bird dogs. They are the bee's knees. So where are some areas of vulnerability offensively? From an offensive line perspective, they do a lot of different things, right? They do mostly uh, a little bit of a combination of Bob, you know, big on bib, back on backer type of protection and some slide protection. It's not just slide. They're not doing zone read type of stuff 24-7, but they do a little bit of both. So they'll maybe do a big on big on one side of the field. The other side of the field, they'll, they'll get a little bit limber and they'll do more of a slide protection for the quarterback. Will Howard is maneuverable removing maneuverable enough on my lance i can speak i promise to be able to get away with not doing a full slide protection and or not just doing a full big on big protection when they do do a big on big protection it's pretty it's a pretty sight to see but when they do the the half slide it's still pretty intriguing right because they can kind of get you in a situation defensively like if you're in a cover six right let's say you're cover two to one side or, or cover four to the other side they can get mismatches where they want them. And when they, they get the mismatches that they're looking for, they've got some of the guys that, that can exploit some of those, those areas. 
Um, we all remember Phillip Brooks, right? Not only a return man specialist, but the really good slot receiver. He is their version of Brennan Presley. The biggest difference between Brennan Presley and Phillip Brooks is they actually use Phillip Brooks, right? Brennan Presley doesn't get the ball, so we don't know what he can or cannot do half the time. They don't have that problem with Phillip Brooks. They find a way to get him the ball, especially in space. Their Z guy, the go up and get it guy, seems to be R.J. Garcia. He's got a few tutties on the year. He can go high point the ball. But I don't think he's as assured handed as a Phillip Brooks. And then uh, Jadon Jackson, he can take the top off the defense, as can Keegan Johnson. They've got two guys that can legitimately go all the way down the field and, and take the top off the defense if you're not paying attention. But that is just the, the skill stuff, right? Their line is scored away. Levinson is a redshirt senior. BB is a redshirt senior. Gillum is a redshirt senior. Pansy is a junior. And then Willis is, is a redshirt junior. And then even their backups, redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore, redshirt sophomore, redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior. They've got guys that have been playing a long time down there in the trenches, which is why they're pretty squared away, which is why they can manipulate and do different types of protection on the same play. They respect the tar out of Will Howard. Okay, They're going to do everything in their ability to keep Will Howard mobile. But you know Chris Kleiman, as everybody else, tries to get some more freshman involvement during these times. So I think we'll see a decent chunk of Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson is their true freshman wide receiver. Uh, got the golden lock style of hair that can take off. He can take off. They put him in a lot of wildcat, wildcat packages. Even when you know he's going to run, he's still always getting three, four, five yards. So he's pretty impressive to watch. They're going to have time to implement some of that as well. We already talked a little bit about DJ Giddens. Guys, DJ Giddens is number three in the Big 12 in yards without having a game. So, I mean, heck, the last game he rushed like 218 some odd yards. That dude is talented. And then they also have Treshawn Ward. Treshawn Ward, I guess, was a little bit banged up, right? But he's the, the speedster, the transfer from Florida State. And when you go back and look at the Troy game and the Mizzou game, they got that dude involved a lot. He's, I guess, our version of a Jaden Nixon, um, except for he's in the game a significant amount, and they find different ways to, to implement him into the game plan and give him the ball. And then DJ Giddens, if I were to give an Oklahoma State comp, I would say kind of like a Joe Randall. He doesn't look like... He doesn't look like he's running down the field um, so effortlessly as he is, but he does. Like he glides down the field. Uh, maybe a Dom Richardson with way more speed moves. Maybe that would be a good analogy. He's so daggone patient, it's almost frustrating, right? If you're watching defensive lines of other teams, it's like, okay, well, that's three seconds, four seconds. Somebody should be there. And he's just hanging out in the backfield, you know, waiting on holes to open. He might be the most patient running back in the Big 12. So patient, it's almost maddening. But that's probably a direct correlation as to why his yards look like they do and his numbers look like they do because he is that good. And then again, right behind him, they have Treshawn Ward. So it's too many guys that you have to account for. Guys, if they have a situation where they're in a 21 personnel, when let's say it's DJ Giddens um, and Treshawn Ward back there with Avery Johnson, what are you going to plan for? Like, it's just you got the power run guy, you've got the speed run guy, you've got the mobile quarterback that can still throw a little bit. Now, and that's another thing, you know, Will Howard was dealing with an ankle injury. This week off, I'm sure, did him a lot of good. I'm sure he's going to start the game uh, pretty pretty ready to ro roll. You wouldn't expect them to run so much with somebody who's like 6'6", 250, benching 450, squatting 657 hundo. But Will Howard does run a, a decent amount, way more than you would expect. 
And and oftentimes it's due to misdirection. So again, they'll implement different um, you know pass protections, but that's also because they'll do some of the old school stuff, right? Well, they'll just hand it off straight to the running back next to him. But they also do a lot of RPO stuff. So from a defensive backfield standpoint, it keeps you on your toes quite a bit. We talked a little bit yesterday about the D linemen have to have a big day. The D linemen have to have a big game today to open up for some of our Colin Olivers, our Lyric Rawls, our, our Kendall Daniels to be able to make some plays. This is an opportunity for our safeties, which is supposed to be the deepest position group on the, on the field. This is going to be their opportunity to show up and shine out. If the defensive line can at least you know, take care of business. K-State's really good on covering up the A-gap and the B-gap. They do give up some C-gap stuff. So this is, again, a, a game where Nathan Latu or Sean Brown, Cole Walter-Sheed, one of these guys on the outside is going to have to step up and have a big day because their C-gap responsibility is not great. And they, they do love to leak that running back out so he's not chipping. Right? He might even, he might be chipping, but he's at least re- releasing out to get to the flats. I think that's an area that they might try to exploit on us because us, you know, Trey Rucker, covering the flats hasn't been great. Cameron Epps will be able to cover the flats better, but is he going to be able to hold up whenever we go to an eight-man box, right? These are the things that I feel like we got to take into consideration here. But what they do offensively, it's not super this sexy. They're not going to wow you with a, a crap ton of misdirection like Texas and KU will do. K-State keeps it fairly simplistic. And like we talked about um, already, Will Howard does seem to have two different um, uh, clocks in his head, right? Based on what the defense is doing. And we have numerous looks we can go to from the three-three-five. whether we're going to use that stand-up guy on the outside or have him put his hand on the dirt to create an even front system. K-State has seen a lot of even front. A lot of teams are just base 4-3. Even some of the three-three-five teams they have, have played, they do likewise, and they bring up that Colin Oliver style of guy on the outside, have him put his hand, his hand on the dirt, and they rush four. So K-State's very, very used to rushing four. And if you don't rush four, they're really good. Their linemen are really good about getting to the second level. They they pull their linemen sometimes to the other side of the field that the play didn't even go to just for it to be on film to see what that linebacker does. And so the next time, if they need you know that linebacker to do something specific, they'll pull that guard again to get that linebacker to do what he did last time to open up a different zone. Those are the things that K-State is really good at which is, again, why this is an opportunity for our uh, our safeties to have a big day, right? I do think that our, our corners match up pretty well. Cam Smith and Corey Black are going to be pretty good matchups for, for what they have on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to one-on-one. What scares me the most is going to be some of the Philip Brooks stuff, right? This is... This is the Brim Presley mold that you want to see on the field. You're actually going to see it. So I expect us to do a decent amount of like a cover two, cover three style look where we try to put two back, have five men to deal with that underneath stuff. And then obviously your three to four uh, linemen. If our D linemen can get some push, doesn't have to be a crap ton. All right. But some push. And, um, we can we can make Will Howard a little unhappy in the pocket. He's not great at hitting any of the longer deep stuff. He ain't, he ain't great at it. He thrives in the short inter- intermediate stuff. So 
We should take that away. Take away the run game. Make Will Howard beat you deep. If you can do that, you're going to let the safeties have some fun out there, do some flying around, get them in predictable third-down scenarios. This could be a game where our defense shows up and shows out. Offensively, you know, the fighting in the phone booth thing, we want to win in the trenches for sure. But if we win in the trenches and we try to, you know, con- conduct everything down in there in that phone booth scenario, we're playing in the K-State's strengths. We need to go east to west. As much as I hate all these bubble tunnel screens, they are susceptible to these. They're susceptible to the back out of the flat after chipping on the defensive end. They're susceptible to that stuff. If you go cover two and you have a scissors concept on the outside, they're susceptible right there in the middle of the field whenever you start to get to those, those hashes. The seams are going to be open, and it doesn't seem to be something that Alan Bowman is typically using because he's drifting backwards in the pocket instead of stepping up in the pocket to, to look at the, the safety valves and the seams equally. Hopefully this is a game for that because they do have some explodable areas. And then again, them offensively, they've got a lot of weapons, a lot more weapons than I thought coming into the season. Most people automatically decided since they didn't have Deuce Vaughn that it was going to be a difficult proposition. Look at K-State traditionally. They always have a pretty good running back. This is no different. They have two really good running backs. So if our defensive line does their job, then it's going to allow these safeties to show up show out, and even, to some degree, show off. Will Howard's been responsible for a turnover every single game. He's throwing a pick in, I think, every single game. At least, I know he's throwing picks in the first game, three game, and uh, the Mizzou game. I think he threw a pick against UCF. Yeah, no, he did. So, yeah, he's throwing a pick in every game. So, if you make things difficult on Will Howard, he's not a Peyton Manning that's going to stand back there and pick you apart. That's just, that's just uh, how it is. There's a lot of things in life that'll pick you apart. And before we get to the defensive philosophy of Ben don't break and why kickers, kickers' lives matter. Another thing that matters is your dollar-dollar bills. The banking department is kind of important. So if you can help your bank out and get a little couple extra dollar-dollar bills in there, that's exactly what FanDuel's designed to do, ladies and gentlemen. So. Give yourself the opportunity right now, whether it's college football, okay? You got some things you want to manipulate here to make back some money, or it's NFL time. If you want to get the FanDuel NFL action, there's a reason why it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. All you got to do is plus $5 bet. So that's $200 back in bonus bets. Win or lose off of $5 hara. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's not a better time. You can bet on a multitude of things from spreads to money line, player prop, over-under, Heisman, futures, who's going to win the conference, who's going to win the national title, who's going to play in the Final Four, who's going to make the, the Pro Bowl, all of that fun jazz. So go to FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the football season for you. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. LockedOn, I'll be all one word, and kick off your NFL season. Visit FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Bend, but don't break. It's something that a lot of us hate, okay? I I, I hate it. 2021 kind of spoiled us. That was the opposite of bend, don't break. They were just going to break you all the way down the field. Didn't matter where. 
Now, where Ben, but don't break, seems to be beneficial would be in this game for Oklahoma State's defense. Why I say that? Because the red zone packages aren't near as good as they used to be, in my opinion, which is kind of ironic because they have Will Howard there. But the biggest thing, the biggest reason why condensing that field is going to be crucial for this one is because their kicker is not very good. I mean, I hate to throw shade at Mr. Chris Tennant, but even some of the ones he makes are ugly. It's like he kicks with the side of the foot and the ball just kind of floats. He doesn't have a consistent kick, uh, at least this season. So if you put them in positions where they're on the hashes and a little bit of wind from 20 or 35, 45 out, you got to like your chances. So every time we can force them into field goals, I, I, I like I like our chances. If we're having a field goal for field goal game, we got this. So do I love Ben McBroke? Don't break defenses? No, I really, really don't. But in this particular scenario, if the red zone, red zone defense of Oklahoma State can step up and hold tight and we can make them kick a bunch of field goals, that's going to put us in a really good opportunity to catch this W. Our kickers, any of them versus their kicker, feel like we got that one in the bag. Heck, we could almost probably put Hudson Cock down there to, to kick field goals and it'd be equal to the K-State kicker. Uh, and I watched some clips last year. The dude's not a savant when it comes to kicking. He's going to miss some field goals. If you put him in a situation where he kicks four or five field goals in a game, he's going to likely miss at least one. So, Ben McDobrain, not a fan. But if we're a little bit uh, more aggressive than, than typical – and then we can kind of, you know, keep things in that box when it comes to red zone defense. I uh, I like our chances here. If we turn this into a field goal fest, this is a W. Um, and realistically speaking, if we can take advantage of their propensity to get burnt deep and on the outsides, deep flats, it's going to be another opportunity, guys. They want a fight in a phone booth, right? They want. A gap, B gap, all day, every day, fist fights. I don't know that we can beat them at their own game. So occasionally, other than, you know, the little delayed handoff that UCF had a decent amount of success with on like third, 16, third, and 18 type of plays, other than those, man, it's, 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 it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting because they don't typically fare well in Stillwater. We haven't been playing a very good brand of football lately, but this is a blackout. National attention on Friday, all eyes on Stillwater. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be pretty enough to get the dub. I don't care if it's a field goal fest, because if it's a field goal fest, we win that game. If it's a defensive battle, you know, and they score a few touchdowns, then obviously we're putting ourselves in a slightly precarious position moving forward. All right, y'all, you're going to want to catch tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty sure we have a very, very, very well-known K-State special guest tomorrow. So as long as everything works out, uh, that'll be awesome. And, and we'll let him talk about some of the K-State, O-State perspectives that he has as he's about to make the trip down to Stillwater. All right, y'all, that's all we're going to have for additional one right here. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you. 
for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere, so happy you choose to be here. Get your bird dogs on. Be ready to rock and roll. Let's get this dub. All right, y'all. Later, taters.